This episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Buffalonian Division of the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built by Buffalonians for Buffalonians, featuring the shows such as the Goatheads Podcast and the Buffalonian Podcast. We cover Bills, Sabres, and more, with more shows on the way very soon. And the Cast Source Podcast Network covers many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment. Featuring the podcast shows such as Sports Bring People Together, Limitless, Saviors of the Metaverse, and The Athletic Mindset. Learn more at castsource.com slash podcast. And without further ado, let's get into the Bills, Sabres, Hot Takes, Trivia, and more of the Buffalodian Podcast. All right, let's go. We are back with the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by none other than Dom Loss. And it's off-season. It's June. We're nearing July 1st. Your birthday. Birthday. NHL free agency. Yeah, to, uh, let's say next week's the draft in the NHL. Next week. So. Next week's the draft. There's a, there's a lot going on, but also not a lot going on. It is June, so... It's uh, painstakingly slow on the the sports news, but we're the, gonna the wind is at an all time low, but it's gonna start picking up, you know, and then all of a sudden the draft, free agency, so yeah, we, and then NHL is starting to pick up. The NFL is just kind of dead for the next five weeks. Yeah, until we're into well, until the Bills are at St. John Fisher and the rest of the NFL is at training camp. So we'll have to see. We'll wait and see. But there are some developments with the Bills. Um, I think last week was the when we recorded. I think it was the day Diggs did not show up, right? The day after. Day after, so he did show up. He was at he was at okay. mini camp. All right, yeah, and yeah, they canceled yeah. the third day. And, and they it was... canceled it. Yes, that's right. And the U.S. Open happened too. That was interesting to watch. But lots of holes and ones on that short par three. So, anyway, back to the Bills. <laughs> the the Diggs news swept it by storm, and now let's just say it's a bump in the road. That's what a lot of people are saying. It does. It doesn't really matter anymore um i found a video of our podcast from a couple weeks ago where i was like it's code red bills is never or Diggs is never coming back to the bills and all that as a joke and then for a day there i almost had to eat my words on that one but we're we're good now dom there are some more rumors though you want to you want to take us through i just think it's rumor mill season everyone this is this is a big story in the nfl somehow the Diggs room big story is a bigger story than tyree kill potentially hitting a man but yeah you know, right whatever to that but listen it's, again as you said the wave the media waves the information is a little slow right now in the nfl and this is probably the biggest story from one of the bigger teams currently in the nfl team you know in the buffalo bills trying to complete for, compete for a super bowl and Diggs is arguably you can make a case their best player probably their second or third best player for sure so Definitely an important player in the organization, but yeah, I mean every every day it seemed like it's a new one. RG three said like it's between Josh and Diggs. Uh, the car Even they seemed absolutely fine. I mean, yeah, the, the footage at the, training camp they showed. I, I can't. I'm blanking up, but like some people are saying it's the play calling. Carlton said it was on the Carlton show or whatever. Said it was because his contract got restructured and they didn't give that money to DeAndre Hopkins. But I mean, I Colin just, Coward is blaming McDermott for being a defensive minded head coach. Yeah, whatever. 
whatever. You're it's right. Just, it is rumor mill central. Well, I mean, listen, the restructured one could be squashed in two seconds. One, that, that athlete has no say if his contract gets restructured. It's all written in the contract, so Brand Bean can do it without your permission. Two, it doesn't mean it's going to go to the money to DeAndre Hopkins, especially if DeAndre Hopkins is still a free agent, seemingly he wants a lot of cash, and that's not something the Bills could have afforded. So I think any reasonable person could have it could quash that one. Josh, yeah, sure. I, I think there's a little bit of stuff of Josh. To me, it's just I think there's a disagreement with Diggs on where he the hierarchy in the organization because he feels like I believe he feels like Josh and him should have the same input, but mm-hmm. usually the quarterback has more input than the wide receiver. You know, the star he feels wide like receiver. he's just as much on Bill's Mount Rushmore as Josh Allen is. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, face of the franchise. Does he have a right to be up there? Sure. Do I think you should get more say than the star quarterback? Probably not. It's mid last. I think he should believe it's Ezekiel. That's really what I think is the biggest complaint about. So, listen, we don't know for sure. that Everyone's going to, you know, I just hate people in the media that are just blindly speculating and don't really have any concrete information from anyone about what really happened. And people are just speculating, oh, what's between Josh and Diggs? I mean, we, I know we just did it, but, like, we're not on the national media just, spe- like, no, spouting yeah. it out on ESPN. Adam Schefter was having a field day. Yeah, chef to report. Like we're not <laughs> reporting stuff out loud. Like for, that we know for fact. Like we know what we say. I literally just said, yeah, I'm speculating. People are saying it like it's true. Yeah, like that. What they're saying is law. Like no, dude. Like you guys don't know anything. You're just making up stuff. So, you bring up speculation. I'd like. I mean, I'd like to tie a bow on this and say, I think it is just a bump in the road. All will get figured out. Whatnot. It's been tiring. Tiring to listen to. So are you are you okay to move on from the speculation? Are you, are you oh, done I'm, with it? I, I am okay. Yeah. I okay. Am. So now let's move into some more concrete news for the Bills. Eric Washington has been promoted to assistant head coach, taking Leslie Frazier's spot. Kind of puts the the markings on the tombstone, if you will, and says Frazier's not making a return to the Bills. Well, he's not making a return. No, he'll he, he might. Hey, there were some Giants rumors he, out there. About he can't him, return though. to coach. I don't think he's going to return to coaching this season, but I think he'll return to coaching somewhere next season. You think Giants with Dable next season? I don't know. They still got Wink Barndale, so I think he wants to be a defensive <laughs> coordinator somewhere. But yeah, yeah. Obviously, Leslie Frazier was the defensive coordinator and the assistant head coach. Now, Eric Washington takes the role of being the defensive line coach still, but also having the extra title uh, to his name. And I mean, a lot of people respect Eric Washington. Von Miller speaks very highly of him. I mean, it's it's definitely been a frustrating position that he's coached seeing how much resources have been allocated and it seems like they haven't quite got their production yet especially when it comes playoff time right it seems like every playoff loss that they've had in the last couple years has been like the deep line played like trash so um yeah definitely i wouldn't say puzzling because of how he's how much respect he has in the in the organization doesn't surprise me but I, i could tell i could understand why people are you know and I shouldn't say upset, but are like, why is this guy getting promoted to a bigger thing, even though his position group has constantly been under scrutiny for being, you know, not not well coached enough to be where the Bills need to be, to, and that's to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I think the Bills kind of have that promote from within mentality, right? We saw it with Ken Dorsey moving up to offensive coordinator instead of an outside hire. I think this could, you know, be a step up, but you're right. For a coach whose, you know, position is completely under scrutiny most ninety percent of the season, it's just kind of like, it was this a good move? So we'll have to wait and see on that. You can speculate again. I mean, if you really want to speculation, but I don't know. It it'll be interesting to see how that works out. I I don't know if I have no faith in it. Is my faith definitely not like persistent? Absolutely. Like I, I don't think it would be 
I don't think it's the best option, but it, it's a move with not understanding the full effect of right. Washington. We can't say it's bad because, yeah, from an outside perspective, seeing again seeing what's happened with the D line the last couple of years, you'd be like, why is this guy getting a promotion? But then seeing how you know one of those short media segments, how the players talk about him, you know. They seem to respect him. McDermott obviously respects him, and yeah. obviously he's well regarded in the organization. So right. the, the behind closed door stuff, we don't know the full story. Yeah, it might outweigh what we know, and it yeah. most likely does I, making that move. So yeah. yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But I mean, what we'll again? Wait and see. I think that's the best way, and you you said it perfectly. We don't know what the the after effects of this move are going to be. We're going to have to just go with it while we can. So. Yeah, and we did mention Von Miller, Stefan Diggs, and Josh Allen so far. And all, all three of those guys were mentioned on Pete Prisco's Top 100 Players for yes. CBS Sports. Along of, uh, I believe Jordan Porter was also another one. I think Micah Hyde. No. No. Maybe it was Hyde? I don't, oh, I'm blanking on it. I think Hyde, Hyde or Porter was one on there as, like, the fourth. And then one, the other one plus Matt Milano were uh, honorable mentions. But Josh, we want to talk about Josh because – you know, Josh is always the fun one to talk about. Diggs and Von were slotted pretty highly up there, and that was respectable. Not like how Von was like the 90th best player in the top 100. Yeah, that was bogus, and Mac Jones was higher than him. Yeah. 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 But uh, <laughs> Josh was ranked two overall, not even just two. I mean, obviously, he was two, I should say he was two among quarterbacks behind Patrick Mahomes, but he was two, the second best player overall, according to Pete Prisco. In so. the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we'll, I mean, we'll definitely see what happens on the NFL. 100 when it comes out i believe that comes out during the preseason in august or yeah it's training camp so we're like a month or two away from those but we're a while from seeing who's actually the top top but listen i still think josh is the second best quarterback in the league behind mahomes you see what beasley was saying on twitter beasley says a lot of stuff yeah, yeah. Stuff <laughs> he said Dak prescott's the best leader he's played with on the field I mean, if he, if he, I don't know. If, I, I can't think, really I doubt the leadership. He said Josh is the most athletically talented. Yeah, I don't think it's a shot at Josh. I think it's more hyping up Dak because obviously Dak is under a lot of scrutiny for his turnovers last year and yeah, what happened in that playoff game as well. But I don't think it's a shot against Josh. It might just, be more Mike McCarthy's play calling. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I think with that, it's more of. You know, trying to hype up Dak then put down Josh, but of yeah. course, as Bills Mafia, like you talk bad about Josh, any kind of sideswipe towards Josh, it's a, a negative thing. I mean, Josh is a good leader. It's not like he's saying he's a bad leader. If he believes Dak's a better leader than Josh, that's cool. If it was the other way around, I'd be like, that's cool as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, off the Beasley thing, Allen being number two overall in the NFL, being ranked on CBS. I don't know. It, it makes a lot of sense to me. It does. There are a lot of people out there who are no Joey B over Josh Allen, Joe Cool over Josh Allen. And it, it's it's an interesting argument because, yes, Joe Burrow has been to the big game, right? Allen has not been to the big game. Patrick Mahomes he threw in a double coverage the week after the divisional game two years ago. He closed his eyes in overtime and did it. You know what I mean? So it's like it's Josh has more raw athleticism i would say well and that kind of like until joe burrow starts hurtling people i think we're gonna see that still I th- separate I, I think josh is a higher ceiling just based off his athleticism than joe burrow maybe joe burrow plays the quote-unquote quarterback position maybe a little bit better with, with a little that, more of a pocket pass a little bit better pocket presence a little bit more throwing if on the pocket well josh is better outside of structure um, and then it goes back to, you know, the head to head, Burrow beat Joe, beat, beat Joe, Burrow beat Josh. 
in the in the playoffs, and obviously, as you said, he was late in the Super Bowl, but he's a little bit comes through the win wins. You know, listen, Joe Burrow outplayed Josh Allen in the divisional round. I'm mm-hmm. not going to debate that, but the year before, Josh Allen was significantly better in the playoffs than Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was not great in the Super Bowl. He got, he got sacked nine times against Tennessee. It was really a cheese meltdown, not a Joe Burrow. Come, I'm not trying to bash Joe Burrow. Like he played solid, but like he played solid. Like all his numbers are yeah. solid. They're not like elite top tier. Like Josh Allen has top tier playoff numbers. Joe yeah. Burrow has solid playoff numbers. So played I played in the best two of the best playoff games ever played in by a quarterback. The game against New England. Oh, that's per, true. The, oh, yeah. They had a touchdown on every offensive drive except the kneel downs at the end. Yeah, he, play, he played two of the better games you could play on the postseason and he ended up losing one. So that's why I think we get a little sidetracked of wins and losses. Now, listen, if Joe beats Josh again in the playoffs, I would say, yeah, Joe Burrow over Josh. But I just think I would rather have Josh this moment of time than, than Joe Burrow. So that's why I would say I'm okay with him being number two. I, listen, I'll also say this. I would have been okay with him being number three and jo- Joe being number two. Like, there's definitely an argument for Joe Burrow to be ahead of Josh because mm-hmm. of what happened at the it's end of the last year. It's not a baseless argument either. It's not a baseless argument. What happened at the end of the last year is definitely a, a case against Josh and a case for Burrow. But um, I think we're going to see a, a new Josh this year. I think at the end of this year, we're not. there's not going to be an argument for who's the second-best quarterback in the league. I think there's going to be Mahomes, Allen, and the, everyone's going to be fighting for third. Uh, but... That's just, you know, as we say, that's just one man's opinion here. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it makes sense, though, because it truly is. I mean, the the full face-off began in that divisional round two years ago, right? That's where the storyline was. You know, these guys are going to be seeing a lot of each other over the next few years, and they're the leaders of their teams. It's Peyton Manning and Tom Brady 2.0, which I don't like that comparison because both of them are a different kind of quarterback. But that's the thing. They're different kind of quarterback. Joe Burrow is somewhat reminiscent of a classic pocket passing quarterback, you know. So I think that that alone is, and you know, it, it puts Josh a little bit ahead and whatnot. Not saying Joe Burrow's not athletic at all. Like that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying the the way they play puts them. Ahead. Josh is a way better thought for the than Burrow. I would agree. But sidetracking now, dude, we talked a little bit about defensive line coach, a little bit about now Josh Allen. Let's talk about both sides of the ball a little bit at once, and, and I'll, I'll pose the question. Both sides of the ball, I would say, were pretty elite last year. Mm-hmm. But this year, which side of the ball is going to be better? I, w- I would say defensively they were better than off- the offense last year. Yes, I would agree. The offense really slightly after, like we've said many times, after the second half of the Green Bay Packers game, the offense stopped firing on all cylinders it seemed yeah i would i would i would say the defense was slightly better than the offense last year this year though i'm i think the offense is going to be better than the defense because yeah i think the defense has some changes if McDermott being the dc that's going to take a little bit in the beginning year two of dorsey i like the like the, the depth weapons they've added a healthy gabe davis a motivated stefan diggs this dolan kincaid chess piece that they just have I think their offensive line is strengthened. A healthy Josh. I just, I just think offensively, there's potential for them to not just be a top five offense, but be the best offense in the NFL. And I think the defense has this ceiling of being a. They, they're probably going to be a top ten defense, and they could be a top five defense. But I, I don't see a, I don't really see a world where they're the best defense in the NFL. Like, the, I think the Eagles have a better defense. Yeah. The Cowboys, the Niners, like there's better. They, even I would even argue the Patriots have a better defense than the Bills. With Judon, all those guys. Yeah, the Dolphins yeah. have a good one. Jets have a good one. Like the like Dolphins not, stacked up on defense. It's in the not. Off-season. It's not a hate on the Bills. I just think like 
if they both reach their ceilings, I think the offense for the Bills is better than the defense for the Bills. And I believe this year the, the Bills' offense will reach its ceiling. I would have to agree with the offense. In a lot of the issues in the offense last year, first of all, Josh was injured, so I'm not going to use that, though. The offensive line was a major issue. It was a slice of Swiss cheese or grated Parmesan like we've talked about on here before. And I think, truthfully, now you've stitched up a lot of those those holes, right? You're looking at a nice slice of American, some mozzarella, you know, that's just nice and flat. No one's getting through it. And that's going to be huge for Josh because now he doesn't have to scramble and run away from pressure. Hopefully. I mean, we haven't seen it in action yet, but I think it's going to be a huge step up. And like you said, motivated digs. He wants to go and win it all this year motivated Allen. He he said on multiple occasions, multiple different shows he's gone on. I want to bring a Super Bowl. I want to bring a Lombardi home to Buffalo. Madden 24 cover athlete said it in his interview. He wants to do that. And I don't think this team's been as motivated offensively and loaded offensively as it is, especially with the offensive line. Yeah. And the running backs we have too. Yeah. Harris, that's a great like up the middle runner. We haven't had a great up the middle runner since, like, Gillisley, I want to say. Mike Tolbert, maybe. Frank like Gore was pretty good, though, one Yeah, year. Tolbert was good one year, but we've had shiftier, like, you know, like, outside running backs, like Cook, McCoy. And, you know, I, I think that'll be great, and you could use them in the pass-catching game now, too, I think, is throw some screen passes with the offensive line upgrades we've had. Like, do something, please. And I think they're going to. I think the offense is going to – not saying the defense is going to be bad by any means, because I think Oliver got his money – and they're banking on him, and I think he knows that. So I think he'll kick it. And Mon Miller looking healthy with him in group back. We also got Leonard Floyd, who's a sack machine. Sorry, just knocked my phone over. Good, but good one, getting, but getting too excited over here talking about this. Offense but. and defense. But, yeah, I, I would agree with the offense, but I think both have an opportunity to be both elite units as they were yeah. uh, in, in 2022. But uh, going our last part of the Bills talk, as we, you guys know, we've been grading, not grading positions, but ranking positions in the AFC East. And we're going to go with the tight end position today. So we got Dawson Knox of the Buffalo Bills, Dern Smythe of the Miami Dolphins, <laughs> Hunter Henry of the New England Patriots, and Tyler Coughlin of the New York Jets. Jeez. What happened to Gasecki? Did he well, get. He's on the Pats. He's on the Pats now. Would well, he I, be... I, would, I would consider Hunter Henry to be. Tight end one. So for me, I think. Unbiasedly, it's going to go Knox 1, mm-hmm. Henry 2, Coughlin 3, and um, Duran Smythe 4. You know what you've just done? Hmm. You've described the perfect list of tight ends oh. in the AFC Because <laughs> that's exactly where I, my if, head is if at. Gusecki, if we're going to rank all, like, I think Gusecki would be 3. I even think I think Dolan Kincaid would be ahead of Duran Smythe easily. And, yeah. and fighting there of Coughlin. I think Kincaid, though, is a different... Kincaid, yeah. He's a different breed. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, I can't, I, he's listed as a tight end. He's a slot receiver. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it's tough to rank him as a tight end because it's like ranking Travis Kelsey as a tight end. He's the Chiefs' number one target 90% of the time. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, it's such an evolved version of the tight end position that Gronkowski really started in the early 2000s. You know? Yeah. I mean, Tony Gonzalez, yeah. Antonio Gates, Shannon Sharp. Yeah. I remember there was one fantasy draft when i was little my grandparents drafted tony gonzalez the year after he retired because he was still available to be like a free agent you know what i mean so that just funny tony gonzalez moment there but i think you described the perfect list not you un- un- unbiased up at the top we've seen the best out of him i would say you know what i mean i think he has another level to go to 
Yeah. Like, you, if, he, if, he use, if he's utilized the better. The correct way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He could be a great blocking and pass-catching pass tight end. We've seen it. He's p- plucking balls out of the air that aren't supposed to be caught. They were throwaways. Remember that in that Patriots game in the end zone? He just nabbed it. Yeah, was... There we go. And then he gets the money and is not utilized. So we'll hope to see more out of Dawson Knox. But I think that wraps up our, our Bills talk, does it not? Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to toss in there? Nope. Just ready, ready to talk about our boys in... Well, they're all boys in blue, but the Sabres. Right. Boys in... <laughs> huh? For a blue, black and red too. Sometimes that might that if they if they keep playing the way they do in the black and reds, they could be the official uniform. But we'll save that for another time. But before we talk about some sabers, I'd like to first bring up the Sports Bring People Together podcast. You should listen for entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports. And who knows where the chats will take you? But Sports Got is all here together in the first place. Find the show wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, or simply visit sportseplus.com. We are back now here with the Buffalonian podcast talking about our beloved Buffalo Sabres. And we do actually have some news, as we said a little bit in the intro. We're a week away from the draft. We're a week and a half-ish away from uh, NHL free agency. So we're definitely going to get a lot more Sabres news uh, in the coming weeks, which is very exciting. But Oh, and a quick can – I, can I make a quick little announcement, interject real quick? Oh, oh, please. So we do have a Sabres and NHL podcast joining – the Buffalonian Network. Uh, it's going to be titled "Sharpening Sharpening the Swords." I think I think that's what, what what's been landed on, and it's going to feature the Buffalo Fanatics, Evan Harrington, and Buff State alum Joel Frazee, hockey player over there. He's doing some professional stuff now, so it's going to be interesting to have the professional thought in there. You know, so they should be getting ready to go around draft time. So next week, and you know, you'll be hearing from them. But Evan Harrington's also been featured on our show so if you want to see what he's go he's, he's all about go ahead and check him out check out the episode um it's literally titled evan harrington of buffalo buffalo <laughs> buffalo fanatics joins the show so if you want to want to check that out and see what you're going to be getting into uh feel free to do that but yeah sorry had to interject there and plug our little uh little announcement you know exciting exciting stuff exciting yeah. stuff at the buffalo podcast now oh, yeah. but yeah so we do actually have savers <laughs> news this week other than the cool podcast news of they uh, Sabres have announced that they have re-signed Lucas Ruzek to a two-year, $775,000 contract extension, and they've also signed uh, Zemnis Gerunson to, to a one-year, <laughs> $2.5 million contract uh, extension. And in a press conference, uh, I believe it was a day off from Kevin Adams, he said that he has made it known to Tyson Yost's, uh agent that he, they want him back in a Buffalo Saber uniform. So uh, who wouldn't after his performance last season coming well, on the squad this season? It's going to become interesting because it seems to me that they want to get rid of Victor Olsson and then after that kind of run it back ish. There are teams interested. This team's uh, interested. Darren Dreger has been yeah, tweeting okay. about it nonstop. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> He's going to get moved, but like I don't know how I feel about the Sabers just kind of subtracting Olafson and probably adding Yuri Cooley kind of in a JJ Paterka, right? Jack Quinn role in this forward group. I mean, they're really banking on Jordan Greenway uh, to kind of play like he did the last couple of games, but not his first couple of games in the Sabers uniform. I felt like they could have added another, you know, th- a third line ish defensive two way guy that could maybe pot twenty goals but provide good defense. Um. Listen, Gergensen is a, is a very good – he's actually an elite defensive forward. Um, it just seems to be the guy that we would love to have if he wasn't a reminder of the Jack Geichel era. So I'm not mad that they brought Zemnis Gergensen and Kyle Poso back. I just feel like 
it provides a logjam and it also shows what the true intentions of their future plans are. Like Matt Savoy is probably not going to make this team out of camp. I think he's going to go back to juniors. Isaac Rosine probably in the NHL. Heck, Yuri Kulik might have uh, Kulik might have be in the AHL. So I think is it Kulik? Is that how yeah, we're supposed it's to say? Kulik. I yeah. said Kulik and I I remember it's Kulik. But I think with all the Sabers prospects, I think it's time for us to realize that we have accelerated their timeline maybe a year a season too early. Where I think the, I think the Sabers see it as you know Savoy is not going to play in the NHL next year. Maybe I mean maybe play a couple of games, but he's not going to make the team out of camp. Kind of that situation. You're going to have Lucas Ruzic as your 13th forward. Maybe they have time where Yuri Kuli goes up and down a little bit. So, right. I think it's 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 lower on expectations there. But, listen, they're going to focus more on defense and goalie, it seems. But I, I think there was a sneaky thing that they could have done with forward. But we'll see what they do other than – obviously, they're bringing everyone back, it seems. And they're going to move up all of a sudden. Obviously, we're to see what that package mm-hmm. is as well. Yeah, I mean – like we mentioned multiple times here, it's an exciting future outlook for the Sabres. And, you know, seeing some of these guys, like especially Kulik, I mean, if he could come up next season, he's had quite a season. Um, that'd be kind of cool to see. Absolutely. Especially with the way that the season ended last year. I mean, I've sat here a couple times now and, you know, quote unquote, guaranteed they make the playoffs next season. I'm not the our conference and division is, is the toughest. Like it truly is like. It's so competitive. Florida made it in one point ahead of us and went to the Stanley Cup final, got blown out in the Stanley Cup final. Won one game though in overtime. It was it was a fun game to watch that one. But I mean, any any I'm gonna I'm gonna use my football saying here, and I know you love it over there, Dom. Any given Sunday. Any anything can happen any day of the week with any team. So I think the Sabres are only looking better and better in that saying goes. You know, we make it we make a fringe playoff entrance next season and we we make it to the end you know maybe maybe i'm not gonna sit here and guarantee that but it'd be nice to see and i think you know the way adams has been managing the team is kind of promoting that and granado's coaching as well so if we can get some of these young guns up here to help absolutely i'm down but also signing back our veterans who have been able to make this happen so far i'm all on board for yeah, it just seems like it's it's. I mean, I guess it's time to buy Jordan Greenway stock because the Sabers definitely have bought a lot of it. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, if he if he if Jordan Greenway flops, I guess their thought process is you have Isaac Rosie in the NHL, you have Yuri Kulik. Maybe it's not the biggest deal, but I think it's I I think it's a gamble that I think would have been better if they just shore up if a, if a solid addition to the group, but. Mm-hmm. The Sabres obviously disagree with me on that, but they do agree with me that they they need to add a top four defense, and because every insider is telling everyone <laughs> that the Sabres are in an every UFA defenseman, they're in a Noah Hannafin who has a it's one almost year. like the Bills with their yeah. free agent running backs. I, I will right? say, this, <laughs> watch the Calgary Flames. They seem to be a team that's about to go in an absolute fire sale, trade off some really good players that are on kind of lower term deals that they don't think are going to resign. Hannafin's one. I know he's a left shot, but. I mean, they know Delian can play on the right and whatever, but yeah. Rasmus Anderson's a right shot. He's a has a three year contract left. Chris uh, uh, Tanev is a right shot defenseman. One year left in his contract. He's a good option as well. So look at the Calgary Flames, but I do think they're going to add a, a a defenseman and a, a pretty good one. I think this isn't going to be one of those you know. Oh, we signed Ilya Labushkin. Oh, there's your bottom six right shot defenseman. No, I think they're going to go after a, a a pretty big significant asset. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like I said, I mean, the Sabres name is brought up to the table anytime there's a top four defenseman available. 
and it is alike to the Bills. Derrick Henry yes, was, yes. you know what I mean? I it's it's all the running backs are are being mentioned for the Bills and free agency. So Buffalo teams on the rise are normally tied into a lot of pieces they need automatically without even the the team even suggesting they're interested. They're they're interested. So I mean. I'm all for getting a top four defenseman, though, like I, truthfully, because that's what we talked about is we have a good top line in defense, top couple. But then when things really start, like when you're we're down at the bottom of the depth chart, it's not it's not compatible whatsoever. It's not comparable to any other line on the op- opposing team. And you see Vegas, how deep they're built. That's how you win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, they were. They, well, yeah, I think what I also showed is, you know, Dallin, while he was still good in the second half of the year, kind of. Got a little in, you know, injured, a little fatigued, power, a little faded at the end of the year as well. Obviously, being a rookie, that probably was made sense. Samuelson was banged up. I, I believe that – I don't want to say this in a demo on Samuelson, but they obviously want to take – they want to get a long-term partner for own power. Obviously, they don't believe it to be Henry Yukiharu. So that's what they want at top four. But I just – I also believe that they don't truly tr- trust Matias Samuelson to be healthy throughout the mm-hmm. year. And they think they need another really good defenseman – to make sure if he goes down, Dalene and Dalene and Power aren't playing. I mean, we had those games where they were both playing like thirty minutes a night. Yeah, you can't like, do that. Like you really, I mean, especially in the regular, in the regular. I mean, yes, okay, in the playoffs, like yeah, whatever. It, it, it's it's whatever. I mean, yeah. you gotta win four games by the way. But like in the regular season, you really can't allow that to happen, especially in like January and December because it's a long season. Right. So I think they want to add another horse on that blue line, a uh, significant piece. So yeah. I, I think that's exciting. So. And maybe not so much exciting news, but the the Rochester Amherst lost both uh, Michael Pega to, um, man, he went to the new. They went to the, he went to the Someone New York. Someone went Rangers. to the Blues, right? He went to the New York Rangers uh, to join Peter Lafayette, and uh, Mike Weber went to the Blues. The Blues uh, to join Craig Baruby. I mean, when you're a good team like that, though, I I understand getting poached. You know what I mean? Like they're organizations are looking for good leadership, good talent, and that's I mean they. The Rochester's been deep playoff appearances, made deep playoff appearances for the past two seasons, and that's really when I paid attention. Do you know of any more recently that they've made deep playoff pushes? I mean, this is the first time. I mean, they, remember they made big coaching changes. Yes, you're so this right. is kind of the new core. So listen, when you win a lot, you're going to get stuff poached. I mean, this happens in every co- every league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if in in the minors to go to the major league level and other sports, obviously with you know DC to head coach in the NFL. So, I mean, this isn't a surprise. It's unfortunate because those are two guys that represent uh, the Sabres organization very well. But um, Take it on and spread the message. Spread the spread the wealth throughout the NHL, you know? Well, I, I say this. If, if you can't um, – if you lose your assistant coaches and everything goes to crap, then you really didn't have a good culture. You don't have a good head coach. So, I mean, yeah. we're going we're, – listen, we're going to learn a lot about – I think Seth Abbott's a solid dude. I don't know if he's an elite coach, like a, the, the super great, but we're, we're going to see how great Seth, Seth Abbott is, uh, you know, for his changes. But the Bills – oh, my God, the Bills. I hate myself. I always – once a pod, I feel like this guy be some kind of like a drinking we game. We got a ticker or, or something? Like a point? drinking game or something where someone, like, like get a drink or chug your drink or whatever. But like When you say Jacksonville? Yeah, <laughs> Jacksonville. <laughs> uh, but the Sabres did announce their preseason schedule today. They have seven games, a couple home games. The big one is September 27th. They're playing uh, Toronto. Um, I can't tell if this is – I got – they play. They're playing him in Joe Thornton Community Center as part of the Craft Hockeyville celebration. So yeah, you can't say that name here. That was my denied past their prime Hall of Fame inductee. No, sorry, cry. 
You, are you crying? No, I'm not crying. I'm just saying that, that that's it was it was it was a botched vote. That's all I have it, to say. It was botched, but yeah. So that that I mean, listen. When Joe and I went to a Prisons game two years ago, and they got killed by the Jackets. Yeah, there's was... a I have video of that. It was horrible. I think it was my first Sabers game going in years, and I'm like, oh, it's just how I remember as a kid. So <laughs> <laughs> not much, not much has changed. No, and uh, I, that was Eichel's holdout. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because that was that was two seasons ago. Yeah. Yep. So that was fun. But now transitioning to our final talk about the Sabers is our player grades. Dun, 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 dun. The second pair for now. Owen Power and Henry Yuki Haru. So can Joe, I, can I start with Power? Oh, if you, if, I, I, you know, let's do Yuki Haru first because I want to start. Power is obviously significantly better, and he's probably gonna be. Weird. Yeah, I'd have to get. I mean, I love saying his name like Henri because he's French. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's I, Spanish. He's, oh, never mind. He's not French. I completely <laughs> botched that, but. You know, H E N R I Henri Yoki Haru. Like, come on, like that's that's It'd pretty be cool sick. if he was French Canadian, but he's Spanish. It's just not. I completely whiffed on that one, but I, I don't know. I feel like he's just kind of there. I, I get. I'm gonna give him a C minus. I was gonna give him a C. I was gonna be a little more generous than you, <laughs> but I mean, I feel like he's just kind of like out there. Like, I never really nothing spectacular happens when he's. Like, I don't know. I don't know what a better way he, to put he's, it than he's, he's just it, there. It, it's you know? simple. He's a bottom pair of defense in playing top four minutes. And that's why I think, yes. you know, maybe we get a ripple effect when we add the big piece of defensive power that Yoki Haru now un- gets unlocked a little bit more, less ice time, less stressful role than a top four defenseman. But um, I don't know. He's just, he's just kind of a guy. He's just, just a dude. And he's up for, I believe, after the next season, he's an RFA. And I just don't know. I feel like I feel like he's a supreme candidate next year to get traded with his RFA rights because I just don't know how you give him a contract. Like a, he's gonna want because he's played for so long and he's played top four minutes. He's gonna want top four money, and I don't really think the Sabers should afford you know should do that if I was going to advise them. But no, but we but we do believe this next guy should be a they should advise to get a big money contract extension done this offseason. No one power. Got to give him an A, A minus. Okay, well, a little it's the same it's same, the same threshold, same yeah same. Uh, well, same difference. I, th- I think we both agree. I think he had a very strong year. I think he teared off a little bit in the second half. Yeah. I, I would like him to just... Well, I watched him almost score a goal on himself a couple times. Yeah, um, I would just like him to be a little bit better in his own end. I think he he has the ability to be better defensively. And it's just uh, it, those little small mistakes that I think, you know, going to year two, understanding the NFL... NFL, oh my God. Drink, NHL. Take a drink. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Take a drink, but... Understanding shot, the, the, shot, the, shot. the speed of the NHL level, uh, I think it took him a little bit to adjust that defensively, and he kind of struggled all year. But if he if he could take another jump offensively and take another jump defensively, I think he has potentially be a two-way force in this league, like his, you know, his buddy Rasmus Dahlin. Absolutely. So, no, I would agree with you. I mean, called, for, called their finals. For a first season, we're not counting the eight games, even though yeah. he lost a year on his contract, I think, right? Is mm-hmm. that what happened? Yeah. Same thing burned with uh, Levi, right? He burned a year? Yeah. Yeah. So... We're not counting that as a season at all. Eight-game sample size. We didn't know what to think coming into this season. He looked great at the end of last season. He really did. He played very well with the guys, and he just did more of that. Like I said, yes, there are some messy things in his own end, as Dom alluded to. So I'm almost, like, as I mentioned, kick a goal into his own net with the skate. You know what I mean? So that's been kind of fixed, I will say. But you're right in the fact he did tatter off a little bit towards the end. So I think next coming this coming season he's going to be more – of a dual threat like Darlene. I, two I way. think Yeah, two-way. I think that could be an easy step up for him, especially at the, tra- the 
geez, the trajectory he's been on. Good lord, neither <laughs> of us talent, can speak today. Yeah, the talents that he has and just the god-given ability. He's 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 just a stud. And his hockey IQ was off the charts. Well, but he does a lot. Of, he does a lot of sneaky good plays that give him space. And I think him having a better D partner than Yoki Haru, maybe a little bit better of an offensive threat. I think we'll also unlock his five-on-five play a little bit more offensively as well. Yeah. Well, that's our that's our player grades right there for the Sabers, and now it is time. If you have nothing else to add, no, he doesn't. And <laughs> and he gave me a nonverbal cue and the head shake. Uh, it's time for some. Would you rather and pass their prime Hall of Fame? I'm gonna do the pass their prime Hall of Fame first. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna no miss. trivia today. We're gonna take we're taking the week off of trivia. Yeah. Sorry so, for all those trivia fanatics. Yeah, maybe honestly, send some uh, send some trivia questions our way if you're listening out there. And if you got any good ones that burning trivia questions you've wanted us to ask and we haven't, feel free to send some in. But my past their prime Hall of Fame candidate has been to the Super Bowl, right? He's shown that he had what it takes. He's had a good career, great career, some might add, in the early years. A big taper off, though, to where he is now. And it is not where he went to the Super Bowl. Who am I talking about? Carson Wentz. Nope. That would have been a good one, though. Broncos country, let's ride. Russell Wilson. I think his prime years were with Seattle and Pete Carroll. It was his prime rushing years where he was that elusive. You don't think he could potentially have a bounce back? He could have a bounce back, but will it be... The same as his prime in Seattle. I don't think so. There have been a lot of years since then. It's been like two years. No, I'm talking like when he was in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's like his peak. Yeah, but it's still his prime. Like, Seattle was his prime. He hasn't really... I'm going to disagree. I think he's still... I think think after next year we could can him. But I'd agree. I don't think he's going to get to the level... Well, I mean, just to get 2020, he was talked about as an MVP. Let Russ cook. Yeah, yeah. Sean Payne. Sean Payne his first year. I'm. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a gonna, we're gonna pin pin we're, that for a I, year. I'm not gonna decline. I'm just gonna table this discussion for next offseason. Okay. And I think honestly, we should we should pull a 180 here. You mentioned okay. the great Carson Wentz. I think he oh. should be inducted. I think that that should. Be I would agree. Wait, of fine, fine, there you go. I saved there you. Go. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Carson Wentz. Okay. So we we put a pin in Russ. We're gonna let him cook for a season. Try not to burn them. Eat some danger witches. Don't burn down in power field. And now it's time for some would you rather. So would you rather, a little different than what we've done. Okay. I, okay? I say that every week, every time I do one, a little <laughs> different do. than what we've done. Would you rather watch a based on a true story football film where your most hated rivals are the film's heroes or glorifies your team's most heartbreaking loss ever? So, so would you? So would I rather watch Four Falls of Buffalo or, or Eighty for Brady? Is that a? Is it a based on a true story? Eighty for Brady though. I'm pretty sure. Oh, we'll have to fact check that. Yes, I, I kind of. I guess. Yeah. Would you rather watch? I'd rather watch the Four, Four Falls, Falls of Buffalo. Buffalo. I would as well. I, I'm not watching. I'd rather. Well, here's the thing. No, no, no. Most no. heartbreaking loss ever. It's a missed field goal. It's is a, wide right. Yeah. You would agree with that. Yeah, I mean. That was the closest one. That's why the that most heartbreaking loss in the history. Event. It was a cannon event. The Bills had to lose okay. that Super Bowl. We wouldn't be where yeah, we are today. And then, and then they had to lose another one. Yeah, and another, and another one, one and another one. And then 13 seconds and then <laughs> everything. But, yeah, I mean, I guess. No, I, I would no. No. But here's the thing. Like, what if it was Four Falls Buffalo came out years ago, right? Like a decade ago now. Sure. 
What? Was, so something happened about thirty seconds. I would watch the thing about thirty seconds. I'd be, I'm actually being intrigued by what happened. Okay. Yes. yes so you would, you would watch. like to watch? More I'm not on watching that. freaking Tom Brady and his million dollar smile talk about how many Super Bowls he's won <laughs> and what the hell happened in the twenty to three combat. I don't want to. No, I don't give a crap about that. All right. All right. All right. I'm, I'm okay shedding a couple tears about my team. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna laugh while I watch Tom Brady tell me how great his life is. No, I got you. I'm right there with you. I, Four Falls of Buffalo, by the way, if you have not seen that. Fantastic. Go watch it, please. That, I mean, not that I wasn't a Bills fan before, but it got me like way into it. You know, like it, it took you. If you are like us and did not live through the four Super Bowl losses, it is a great way to not. Ex- I'm not even going to say close to experience what the fans have gone through that lived through that, but to understand the pain of them. Because truthfully, before that, you just hear about it, right? Like you don't really. And then you watch that and you see it. And then they make the field goal go in at the end of the movie while Elvis is singing If I Can Dream. Like, what? Why would you do that? And then Scott Norwood running off the field pumping his hands like he just did it. So they just honestly, that whole thing was to just throw some salt in the the reopened wound, I think. I think that was the goal there. But go watch Four Falls of Buffalo, ESPN 30 for 30 if you have not. It's a good, it's a great watch. And, you know. Definitely would watch that over 80 for Brady, I think. I don't think anyone... I, what's the box office numbers on that? We got anything for that or no? 80 for... Let me, let me check. <laughs> Not the Was it a box office disaster? Should it Let's have been see. a box office disaster? Okay. Sally Field is in it, though. Like That's it's the thing 5. about it. 5.8 out of 10. Okay, so we're at 50% pretty it's much. 58% on Tomatoes. How much money did it make? That's the question. Box office results. Forty million dollars on a twenty more than the Flash just made in its opening weekend. That is nuts. That is nuts. Anyway, don't watch eighty for Brady. Tank the film. Watch the Four Falls of Buffalo. Without further ado, I think that's going to end it for this edition of the Buffalonian Podcast. Anything else you want to toss in there for the end? Nope. No. (laughs) I'm Joe Kelly, and I was joined by Dom Loss. And Dom, how do you always end these, buddy? Go Bills, baby. Go Bills.